<laughs> Leave it to Facebook to make vampire devices. It's Wednesday, May 19th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. With us on the show today is our senior XR field correspondent, Daniel Platt. How's it going, fellas? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Did I'm anyone itchy. look up? I'm covered in uh, what poison ivy, and Ooh. I think I'm allergic to like every tree and grass in the world. And leave your uh, video that big off. Tree falling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tree fall down in my backyard, so I was doing some uh, impromptu aggressive trimming at the ground level yesterday and uh turns out this morning my hands are very unhappy with me about that by the way if you have not seen tyler's picture on twitter of his fallen tree you should check it out it's pretty amazing i like the way you said aggressive trimming at the ground level (laughs) (laughs) okay all right um It, it was also against my will yeah Okay. Uh, I don't see anything amazing in this day in tech history, but I can tell you um, this day in tech history next year, I think they're going to be talking about the uh, the crypto crash. Uh, of 2021. Kind of fell off a... I know. I'm saying next year. I'm just saying. May 19th. We're not going to talk about the one in, in 2011 or the one in 2017. We're going to talk about the one in 2021. Right. That's well, did the one in 2011 <laughs> or 2017 happen on, it wasn't on this day. May 19th? No, yeah. I don't think they did. I know but, the 2017 one didn't. It? That was like early in the year. Yeah, it was earlier in the year. But yeah, to Tyler's point, uh, this is the regular, you know, this is the regular part of the show. So <laughs> sit back, relax, fasten the seatbelt and buy the dip. Okay. What are we going to move to now? What, what are we starting with? We, we've got Daniel on. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. Oh, I, I found a thing. That I want to make sure that I just point out real quick, Oculus's latest Quest update lets you record gameplay and yourself at the same time. Version 29, maybe we're going to talk about it, maybe we're not. I just wanted to point out that it's iOS only. So get wrecked. That is correct. <laughs> That's, all That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, <clears throat> leaving out 3 billion devices out there. I did know, see that. I did see that. Yeah. What, yeah, what was the, how, how, many, how many billions does... Does the the fruit company have? Is it just one billion? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Well, the answer know. is one billion. Don't try to bring facts. <laughs> into this. this is an emotional <laughs> argument. This is not a factual argument. Oh, okay? actually, hold on. I'm sorry. This number is something's wrong with it. That's right. The three billion is only Google Play devices, which means it doesn't <laughs> include any of China or any Amazon oh, device. So that's hmm. right. That's half of the Android ecosystem out uh, there. God, this is embarrassing. Oh my goodness. Geez. I don't What's that think feel like I don't so think Apple they have... once again doesn't matter. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Daniel, did you have something you wanted to share? Well, <laughs> I, I was about? just I was just gonna talk about that briefly. Um it, it is a funny cool. it, it is a funny thing that you know the Oculus headsets are based off of Android. Uh, and the app that they're doing this V29 update for, which is this new software update, um, the screen recording capturing you is only iOS. So I thought that was kind of funny and, I, and ironic at the same time. So how, how, does it, how does it work? Does it like, does it record locally to the phone or tablet or whatever you're using? Like how does, because I'm assuming this is something, are you able to capture and save this video? Is that the idea? So... Yeah. It's a casting thing, so you know you can cast your your gameplay up to your TV, and then also um, record you at the same time. Um, I don't believe it's it's like that green screen effect where you can actually like overlay yourself like in the middle of the game playing it. Um, which that would That's be what it's saying it's doing. It's it's called live overlay, right? I'm, so it, it's showing what you see through the headset, and then with you standing in the same frame, right? So. Here, let me. I'll drop the link. Yeah, yeah, in, uh, in the in the little chat here. Yep. But it's like if you're playing Beat Saber, and you see you standing on the platform swiping at the things, or you know you're whatever um, playing any of the games, and yeah. you're standing in the game. This is an update that allows you either you can set up your iPhone or have somebody hold an iPhone and point it at you. And I'm trying to figure out the mechanics of how that exactly works, but it takes you and cuts you out and puts you in the game 
and then you can save that or share it or stream it or whatever. Yeah. The, Pretty cool. Just the, the things I've seen on it, like the early views I've seen on it weren't exactly that. So that's why I was kind of saying that. Oh, that's right. Because you're in like all the beta stuff. Huh? Well, I'm, I don't have access to that specific feature. <laughs> Plus, you have to have an iPhone XS or newer, and I'm not a annual iPhone upgrader. So it'll, it'll be a little while before, before I can actually test that myself. Gotcha. Get the new one. I hear it's full of features everyone cares about. <laughs> you can get it in purple now. Please, I, I would like, remember. I'd like to illustrate this for the for the people who can't see this. Tyler okay. just mic dropped. Like he literally just said that, <laughs> flipped his mic up, and just walked away from the camera as he was saying it. It was. Let's it was not forget cool. too that sixty five percent of our audience is iPhone users. Okay, so ain't worried be about a little. It. Ain't worried about it. Okay, all right, all right. I have an iPad. I'm an Apple customer. I could okay. I could do this on my iOS device. Daniel, by by Apple standard, you are not you are not an Apple user because you're not fully involved in their ecosystem. You have to have everything, Russ. I don't think anyone here qualifies for that. Though. Yeah, I do not qualify <laughs> for that. The iPhone is the only thing that I have. So um, keep keeping on the V29 update. Um, they are as part of coming back to what you said about saving video of this, um, they are expanding access to files in the headset. So kind of making that a better, more user-friendly feature than they had before. Streaming the, the wireless link where they stream um, PC VR content to the headset now supports 120 Hertz. Um, so that's, that's a big deal. Is that is that over um, the wireless link or AirLink yeah. or whatever yep. it is they Correct. they call it? I, I haven't tried that yet. I've done the um, virtual desktop one, and that and that works very well. <clears throat> but I uh, I have not tried the official one from from Oculus yet. But the uh, I've been so incredibly impressed by just being able to be anywhere in my house and be able to to leverage that wirelessly. In fact, it worked better than me actually using the physical link cable on the uh on the quest 2 it, it wasn't <clears throat> quite as good as the um like using my rift s which is only hardwired to it yeah. but but as far as compared to the link cable that's going over usb i i thought that it was very comparable if not a, a little better and this will make... way, you're talking about the like the streaming capabilities of the Oculus yeah being too? able to basically do pc vr on the quest yeah. 2 but wirelessly and, and I'm so cool. lucky to where I have a good setup in my house to where like my PC is wired in and then I have five access points around my house. So anywhere that I am, I'm near a wired access point. So I can literally do it anywhere in my house and it will be as pretty much low latency as possible. I, you can check the connection speed to how fast you're connected. I'm always connected five gigahertz, 866 megabits per second or so. And it's, nice. it works incredibly well with the way I have it set up at the moment. I need to upgrade the access point on the back side of my property and see if I can play Oculus 2 wirelessly in the hammocks that are down near the creek in the back of my yard because that, that sounds cool to me. There you just, go. That's just awesome. don't don't ruin your headset with the sunlight. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Is that a thing? <laughs> you could thing. Just, just getting it in the sun kills it. If any if any sun gets through that lens, I mean it's basically like a magnifying oh. glass that you're pointing oh, that at, a, at a display. So good for not not recommended. Ha. <laughs> Leave it to Facebook to make vampire devices. <laughs> it's not saying you can't do it. It's just not recommended. Yeah. I won't. I won't tell you what you can and can't do. I might have to. I might have to try to remember to clip that little line and put it at the front of the show. Um, and Daniel, I think you mentioned too. Did you talk about the files update? Yeah. Because, okay. Because sharing files, there was a there was an event we did for Dell Tech World where we could like take photos and record video and all that kind of stuff and then go and share it to social media. The way the Quest works right now, it's not very friendly. You either have to log into the application that you're launching and then you can access screenshots in there. Or if you go through the menu and share out to record, quote unquote, which is kind of a weird way of doing that, you then have to awkwardly connect your quest to your pc and then dive through the file structure to go find the video now they're yeah. saying with this v29 update you'll be able to locate the files within the app library 
within the quest inside. And even Correct. more than that, you can share, you can upload those media files uh, from within the headset. Yeah. That's, that's a big update. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. It's cool. What is this infinite office thing too? You can get, you can get lock screen notifications from within the quest headset using yeah. either Android or iPhone seven and newer. Yeah. So they're now going to send uh, any lock screen updates, like you said, from your phone as an in-app notification in the headset. So it just kind of like shows up in the kind of like a lower part of your view where it'll just say, Hey, you know, Aaron text you. And then depending on your privacy notifications on your phone, it will either say this person text you or it will say like what, you know, if you, you enable it where it shows what people wrote, then you can see the whole, the whole uh, thing. So it's kind of up to your phone's privacy settings. So this is the, the problem that this solves is the fact that when I was doing that event, I was in the Quest ecosystem for two and a half or three hours straight, which was the longest I've ever done this, by the way. It was, it was a little bit trippy. And I found that um, maybe unhealthily, I my brain was like, hey, you haven't looked at your mobile phone in like 45 minutes. Let's turn and look at your phone. And you're like, oh, well, you can't because you've got stuff over your face, right? Um, so it kind of solves some of that. But I don't know. That's when you I throw the like headset in a panic. <laughs> And you that's check right. your phone. Yeah, right? you check like your that's, phone. That's what you do. No, but it's just <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's like I can't, you know, for three straight hours of being awake, I didn't look at notifications on my phone. It's strange, yeah. man. Uh, it's a world I don't want to live in. Yeah. And one uh, of, one, I, I one of the funny, yeah, one of the funny things with this update and with all of the Oculus updates is they slowly push it out to random headsets. And so you can't just... You can't just like check for an update on your on your Aww. Oculus Quest and get the V29 update. You're kind of like at their mercy, which is kind of a weird a weird way of pushing out software updates. So put out there. You Why you may or may that? not have access to it. Why do they do that? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah how, do you know how they decide to do that? I don't, because even we as developers don't Would always get the updates first which really? kind of blows my mind oh that's it wait a second so they would push it they would push it to a standard user before they would push it to a dev community user there's a rolling release facebook what is your problem just <laughs> a rolling release it's how it works yeah what? yeah it it's definitely caused issues for well maybe for various developers register yourself as aardvark developing and maybe you're maybe you'll be at the front <laughs> Never mind. Okay, that's an alphabetic <laughs> joke. I didn't know that it was alphabetical if people didn't catch that one. It just wasn't, um, you know, the best work that he's had on the show. I've I've got a little bit of of updates kind of on most of the VR players um in the space that I think it'd be fun just to kind of go over, you know, the the latest and greatest from each of the main kind of VR providers. So um HTC had their Vive event last week uh, and i that. don't believe you guys covered that on the show yet correct we no we didn't bring bring us all those little bits i saw some uh, just some high level um yeah you know, notes but uh, i figured we'd save it for this yeah you. so they released two two new headsets um the first one is the vive pro 2 so the successor to the vive pro um it's a 2448 by 2448 pixel per eye so basically a 5k resolution combined total it is 90 hertz so it's not quite up there on the uh, refresh rate as some of the others but they did increase the field of view to 120 degrees uh, um, wait, no. that's good which is a which is a big deal uh, and definitely adds to immersion um i have not been able to play with this one because uh, our company is more focused on standalone so that's kind of um, the main just of the main just of that one. Uh, this one is does work with Steam VR like all of the other um, Vive uh, headsets, and it's for sale for the general consumer. So any of us can can buy it. We have access to all of the Steam VR content, etc. Um, now the other interesting headset that they did is the Vive Focus 3. And this is actually one that we had some early access to and got to play around with uh, for a while. 
it's a st- completely standalone headset, so not whoa, plugged whoa, whoa. in. Sorry, sorry, Daniel. I, I just because I actually hadn't heard of this, so I was googling it. Brought up the Vibe okay. Pro Two. It looks like there are two modes. It has a wireless adapter and a wired. Did you mention that? It's the same. Um, it's the same wireless adapter that you can get with the Vibe Pro. So on the refresh rate, they list the wireless adapter as only supporting 90 hertz. But, oh yeah, yeah. But it's 120. Correct. If you're if you're not yep. doing it. Wireless, Sorry, I was wireless. Yeah, I was looking at the Vive Focus 3 specs page on accident. Which, so they, to be fair, <laughs> I will tell you my personal opinion. I actually think going wireless is worth the lower refresh rate. Personal opinion, uh, having <laughs> having done both. So. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. Wired's no fun for show. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, depending if you're wired, then it's up to 120 hertz or 90 hertz if you use the Vive wireless adapter. Um, the other headset is the Vive Focus 3, which is a completely standalone headset. And it's the same 5K resolution. Um, so 2448 by 2448 per eye. This one is only 90 hertz, but it also has the increased 120 degree field of view. And one of the the nice things that they're doing on both of these headsets is they have the the kind of scroll wheel IPD adjustment, um, which is the interpupillary distance, I believe is what that is. So the ability to kind of shift um, the distance between the two screens per eye. So just depending on your face and your eyes, it, it can make it a more comforting experience, comforting, comfortable experience. Have you all found, so the Oculus does that, right? Um, in terms of being able to change the width. Well, the, they only have three, uh, three set distances that you can choose from. So it's not, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's just, not quite that. yeah, it's, it's not this quite is a custom. major, major ordeal for people. Cause most of the headsets when they first released came with, the more granular adjustable sliders to be able to make this change. Why is it yeah. like the original VR headsets? And then they regress to like the um, Rift Why would they do that, that I have up here. Uh, cost maybe. Yeah, uh, it's, it's probably cost cutting, trying to, you know, create a 299 headset. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the question I was going to get to is, have you, I mean, do you, does it make a difference for y'all? Like there's a major difference in having the vertical axis, like having your eyes centered there, but then the, you know, the X axis, like trying to shift them left and right, the interpupillary distance, it doesn't seem to make that much of a difference for me. Well, it depends on the, on the person, right? Cause some people's eyes might fit right in the middle of two of those yeah. like preset things. So I, I actually find myself to be a little bit between the second and the third options okay. on the quest two. So it, it does bug me a little bit. Whereas these other ones that lets you, you know, set it to whatever you want it to be instead of presets, ah, it does make a might, difference. Might be an advantage of my huge eyeballs. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been lucky in that the, uh, the default setting of, I think it's like 68.5 has been, uh, has worked well for me, which I think is for the majority of people, which is why they use it that way. I mean, mm. it's like 70% of people fall into that range. And then there's, you know, 15% plus, you know, on each side that, that don't, and those are the ones that sort of need to move it around. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about this headset is it is more of a business focused headset. So it's not really for the standard user to, to have a, an app ecosystem that they can just go out and download apps which, for. Which one is this again? I'm sorry. The the standalone Vive Focus 3. Okay. So Vi- this Vive one. Vive Focus 3. Okay. Yeah. So this one is targeted more towards businesses. Um, you know, in order to put apps on it, you'll, you'll have to run through your business's IT group because they manage the devices. Um, so you can't just download Beat Saber on it or, or any of those. So. Boo. Not not a consumer headset, which uh, I feel like they they lost an opportunity there. But. So H, HTC, uh, based in Taiwan, they're not owned by anybody, right? No, they, no, no, they're not, okay. and they, they are, are the based they are based in Taiwan. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure because I'm just kind of thinking about some of the ecosystem stuff here. 
Yep. Founded 24 years ago. Revenue mm, 2018 is the last number I see here. Uh, just shy of $24 billion. They, they okay, do address sorry. the um, idea of not going, focusing on the consumer market. And basically it says they're not completely out of it, but if they wanted to take take their products and try and compete in that space, they would have to make the active decision as a for-profit company to lose money for the foreseeable future, which is why they've chosen not to go after the consumer space at the moment. Which so, basically means we don't have as much money as Facebook <laughs> and we don't want to try and, you know, <laughs> see how long we can bleed alongside them. Plus, so, we don't have other people's money to try. And right. Daniel, y'all are working with, um, with Facebook on the development of uh, your app and plugging into that ecosystem and all that kind of stuff. I just saw some news this morning. The Facebook VR exec, uh, Hugo Barra, is leaving. Yeah, I, I saw that. that. Um, man, it's it's been interesting to see uh, a lot of leadership changes amongst the um, the Oculus ecosystem. You know, they they lost all of the original uh, all the original founders uh, quite quite a while back, and now uh, Hugo, who's been with the company for quite a while. Uh, is leaving, and I guess they said he's going to something totally different. So he's doing something in the in the healthcare space next. Um, so it, I don't know, mi mixed feelings about it. He, I mean, he he wasn't one of the the main people that you see all the time. I mean, right now okay. for Facebook and Oculus, that person is is Boz. Uh, I think his name's Andrew Bosworth. Cool, so man. he he's kind of the uh, the, the go-to guy for all things Oculus um, at at Facebook. So he's over Facebook Reality Labs, which is gotcha. Okay, the group that, that helps oversees Oculus. So yeah, I was just curious if this is a if this is a a blow to the development community or for all that kind of stuff. It looks like he was the VP of Facebook Reality Labs partnerships, and just knowing you're partnering with them, didn't know if it you felt like it made a big difference or not. Okay. I hate to take us back to this HTC headset no, specifically, but did we mention the price? Mm -mm. Anyone, anyone want to guess it? That's not Daniel. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna say nineteen hundred. Which one are you talking about? The standalone. The, the standalone that's not meant for consumers. The business one. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's pushing close to. It's probably around two k. Right, I'm gonna guess one. All right. Well, you can only buy it in Bitcoin, which is weird to begin with. Um, <laughs> That, oh wait, no, that's not true. I made that up. Sorry. So I am closer um, to one, even if Aaron's right. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> got him. Got him. Uh, it is thirteen hundred dollars. So it is a thousand dollars more than wow. the um, than the Oculus lowest. Well, Oculus cheaper than I thought it'd be. Well, it it well, I mean, you're you're not really comparing it to the consumer Oculus, right? You're comparing it to the Oculus for business headsets, which I believe those are eight hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, which I don't know. I don't know anything about those headsets. Well, what's the difference? It's just <laughs> yeah. the one that doesn't connect to a Facebook account, right? It it includes you know support and it's a device. Isn't device. The device is not. Yeah. yeah. Why so would I buy a physical Oculus device and not connect to Facebook? That would devalue <laughs> the entire experience. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. All right, where are we at on this? Uh, uh, are you, Daniel, are where you, are we at? Are you good on the HCC announcement? Uh, I'm comfortable I with one. it. <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, I feel somewhat comfortable with it. I would like it, yeah. but I want it to be able to play Medal of Honor. That's, that's really what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool headset. The standalone one's cool. I've we've had it for a while now. I really like it. I wish it was consumer, though. Uh, that's my that's my two cents. Some consumers would buy it at thirteen hundred. People buy. I mean, Valve That's couldn't keep their headset in stock at a thousand dollars a pop, so people would buy it. Yeah, especially for the privacy uh -huh. reasons. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I would just add Facebook to it on my own. Oh yeah, sideload it. Is, yeah, that's that's the route I would take. What is PS VR? 
PlayStation VR? Is that a thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's a thing. Fast-paced multiplayer shooter Solaris off-world combat comes to PSVR tomorrow. Is that a, is that a big thing? I've never heard of the game. Didn't know. There, oh, there we go. Re- Russell sporting Russ his PSVR right there. <laughs> All right. Dude, you're such a nerd. We're you already it. have one? <laughs> Bro, I've had this for a minute. It, it's an older, <laughs> it's an older headset. Okay. Okay. Oh wait, it doesn't. I can't see when I put it on. Yeah, it's not helpful for the show, but yeah, I got one. It's always at the ready. What's the future of of this? The multiplayer uh, VR uh, combat stuff. When you think about kind of Halo and I think it's how we're going to fight wars in the future. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. There, there's some cool games out there already that that have uh, that have kind of first person shooter games. Um, I, I personally don't play them very often. I'm more yeah, of a, uh, bro. Of, of a top golf VR kind of, kind of guy. Sure. But, uh, well, if you want to know about it, there is something called the VR league. It is an esports association that specifically focuses on onward, which is a uh, sort of military simulation type of shooter. I think they play five versus five. Uh, I'm not real sure, but it's uh, <clears throat> it's sort of a grassroots esports scene for uh, a very very tactical FPS based in VR. And it's, I mean, it's been going on for years, and I think so, it's ran and sponsored by ESL, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think its trajectory is, though? Do you think it overtakes uh, you know PC gaming or console gaming, et cetera? I from do a, not. No, it's FPS not. Ex- kind it's of not a- accessible enough. Um, I think well, I mean, that, eventually, though, right? I mean, like, look, 10. In, okay, so let me let me re-explain that. Accessible yeah. enough does not mean less money make it better or more accessible. Okay. I mean, the fact that you have to have a pretty solid area within your home to be able to play and dedicate some space to for you to be able to do it makes it much more difficult to manage for mm. a lot of people compared to I have TV in corner of house, plug in Xbox, play Halo. So I think that that alone will be a huge thing that will prevent it from being as big. What I believe will have a chance of being bigger is whatever the next big XR thing is that makes this dramatically easier, whether that is putting on you know, not necessarily a large headset, but a set of glasses or goggles that you can go play in any space, anywhere, or whatever it might be that would take over something like this. I, I don't think this medium is the one that takes it over. I think the thing that we build on top of this medium or evolve this medium to could grow to a similar size. Although I would not expect to see, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, the 2D space, flat monitor space um, go away from a, a large, large majority anytime soon that's just my own personal opinion but i think that there's room for both so i think that i think that we will see it grow dramatically i just don't think that it'll take away from whatever it is the halo the call of duties the whoever's of the world the counter strikes nothing's going to take away from counter strike i mean come on you know yeah gotcha. i i do think that uh you know as far as like first person shooter games go um you know kind of what russ what russ was talking about was kind of this 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 monitor game thing. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the standard is, is consoles and, and uh, PCs in uh, the same reason that you don't have a lot of very successful first person shooter games on, on mobile devices. Um, even though everyone was saying, you know, mobile is the future of all, of all gaming. Uh, so I, I think s- same thing with, with VR and XR, uh, there's certain games that I think make sense for different platforms. Uh, you know, as immersive and fun as as those are in in VR, the the standard still is uh, you know the the monitors and the consoles or PCs. That being said, there's a lot of future content that I think will be a lot more favorable for you know glasses, you know, it, augmented reality and and mixed reality mapping vi- virtual things on top of. Uh, on top of that world will be will be a big deal. Cool, man. The uh, it, it is worth pointing out that like FPS games 
in VR do work. And I don't mean like they work as in like a mobile FPS game sort of works in the way that it's passable enough that you could, you can play it. And there are people Mm -hmm. who very seriously play call of duty mobile and Fortnite on their phones. And it's like, it's a thing they do. And it it doesn't, I'm not taking away anything from that community. So, but PCV or not, not PC VR, but, um, VR shooters work very well. I mean, I've, I've played a number of them. It is a dramatically different experience where you have to be extremely cognizant of the room that you're in when you're playing. Are you walking around? Of, Are you walking? Like, how do you... you well, you could. I, 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 mean, wanna, you're, you're, I mostly yeah. don't. Um, I'm usually moving around with my thumbstick. The problem is, is for a lot of people, the amount of movement and moving around in a first-person setting with a thumbstick they really get motion sickness a lot. That's what I was going to say. I'm not affected by it at all. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I say that. I'm, I'm very minimally affected by any form of motion sickness at all. And after a little while, like a minimal amount of time, call it 10, 12 hours in the headset, I start getting a little bit woozy. 10, 12 hours straight? That was a joke, but yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was it. like, man, we got an intervention here. Um, <laughs> no, serious question on that though, because when I was doing that, the Dell Tech World thing, we were in alt space VR. It was you move around between different rooms and buildings and all this kind of stuff. And I had no problems just doing the teleport thing, right? If you just teleport, all of a sudden, you know, you just kind of, it's like you passed out and then woke up somewhere else. It's okay. But if you use the thumbstick at all, the screen like goes into tunnel vision and you move forward, everything else like blacks out a little bit. And when I started yeah. to do that, I lost it in my head. Like I started that's actually, to get sick. That's actually there to help you, by the way. So it does that to try and focus your field of view to prevent you from getting woozy. I actually disable all that stuff. So like when I turned on Borderlands 3, the first thing it did was focus my vision to where it was like I could only see out of one eye if I looked to my I right. I felt like it made whatever. me sicker by doing that. <clears throat> it may you have know? just, it very well may have, but I think it also may have, you may have just started feeling sick in general yeah. And you associated that sort of Maybe. feature, but that's that's a comfort feature. So whenever I go into any of my games first, I literally disable every comfort feature I possibly can because it distorts my field of view and everything. And I like if I could only do the teleport thing around, like if that was my only option, I straight up wouldn't wouldn't yeah, use well, VR for those sides. That's what I was it. like building this into from an FPS, a, a multiplayer first person shooter perspective. I can't imagine ever using the the teleport. I don't think you can, right? Well, people you do. have to. But then doesn't your does your character does your character just like slowly move like move across the screen at the speed the max speed of running for that character or do they I, literally just teleport? I don't know about because multiplayer. You can't do that in I'm, FPS. I'm not sure about multiplayer. Um yeah. single player which is yeah. way more VR stuff right, right now. Yeah. But that that's where people I'm thinking that that to me seems like a big barrier in terms of having mass adoption with multiplayer FPS is the challenge of sitting stationary but having your screen move forward and backward and all that kind of stuff and just the few amount of people that may be able to handle that. Yeah, I, I I've seen like Russell said there's settings for a lot of these different games and I've seen games played both ways just depending on the user because some people. Um, do get a lot more motion sick with that kind of uh, movement than than others. So I, you know, there's games where you literally just just slowly move from one spot to another, and that can make people pretty sick. Uh, you you should try it <laughs> and and see if you get sick from something like that. Like No Man's Sky is a game that they can do that. Uh, and then mm-hmm. kind of the standard for making things comfortable is they either teleport you where they you know, they bring in a lot of the view into just like a really small thing, or they give you something on your face that um, that is an anchor for your view. So you'll have like goggles on or like some kind of digital display that's always in the same spot and it's never moving. And that's one of the things that you'll see happen in a lot of games that gives you uh, better comfort than just straight flying through a, a world. And I think it's it's important to note that like this comes from the need to like move around the digital space. Like almost no one struggles with if if you had a 30 by 30 room walking and, you know, 
15 feet in any Correct. direction. No one seems to struggle with that. Yeah. People seem to struggle with the notion of you're standing still and, and your you're head moving, moving your, your character, not even just moving your head, but like, no, I meant right like thumbstick to move your feet around. Yeah, I mean, in your head, you're moving, but your body's yeah. not moving. Yeah, that's the challenge for sure. Which for me, and, and I have no idea if this is, if this helps. Like, I wonder if a really seasoned player of video games, gamer, whatever you want to call them, like, I wonder if that helps them because I associate moving as much with my right thumbstick or WASD as I do moving my own legs. Like, it's yeah. just a, a normal thing for me to do is to just move with a thumbstick or or yeah. push a button on a keyboard to physically move something. And so for me, my immediate thought in VR wasn't to walk around. Yeah, yeah. I immediately was like, where do I, you know, which thumbstick makes the most sense for me to use to move to move around in the That's space? That's why I was surprised that I had a I had a challenge with it. But I think VR is just so much more immersive. You know, or maybe I just don't have a big enough monitor or something, you know, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've played plenty of, of FPS shooters moving around and then video games on the PC sitting right up on the monitor, all that stuff. But yeah. anyway, man, go, go ahead. You're going to say something, Daniel? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> what's the latest with what's going on with you, man? I've, I've seen y'all get advertised in some Oculus emails I've gotten. I, I mean, what's going on? What's going on with you? Yeah, uh, it's been a, a pretty crazy year for us continuing to uh, to move forward. So, uh, you know, we, we've worked closely with Oculus on some things. You know, we had early access to the Quest 2 before that came out. Um, and as you know, there is a really big focus on the future of work right now that we are seeing across the industry. So there is a lot of interest in what we're doing specifically, uh, as well as some some of the companies that are out there and just what, what does it mean to be able to work from anywhere with a VR headset? So we've been working with, with Oculus a little bit. Um, you know, we've been working a little bit with HTC as you've, uh, you know, as we had some early access to, to that headset um, and we'll be, we will be launching on the Focus 3 uh, for businesses as soon as that uh, comes out. So that's one of the things that that we're working on. Um, and this is, sorry, for those of y'all that don't know Daniel, this is vSpatial. You can go to vSpatial.com, check it out, uh, see some of the, uh, there, there's there's demos and all kinds of really cool stuff up there. Yeah. I actually, I when I was trying to jump on the call this morning, I actually wanted to join via our app, uh, but then I was having a, an issue with the Zoom audio not working. I think I've since fixed that. So before we jump off, I do want to just show a, a demo and maybe we'll take a screenshot of that and okay, and and post that up on Twitter Twitter for people to see. Man, I'm, it's too early Twitter. for me. I can't talk. Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is a winner this morning. There's so many good memes and jokes with uh, everything that's going on. Oh my gosh! Ridiculous. Oh man. What what other tech news do do y'all have? Oh man, we can get into other stuff if, if you don't want to uh, stay <laughs> in the VR. Space. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the most mostly of what I had for VR. Um, did y'all check out? Did you watch anything on Google I/O? I watched the um, you know like the Google I/O and sixteen minute type recap stuff. Yeah, what they? I didn't see any of it. So there was a I, lot of interesting things with um, just photo stuff. So like, okay, you know, Google Photos super popular app for just managing your your photos in general. You can use it all over the place. Uh, they made it interesting to where Google Photos will be able to make animated photos from still shots. So they'll take, if you let's say you have two different photos mm -hmm. that uh, and you could have taken this anywhere. You could take this with an Android phone, an iPhone. You could take a picture of a old photo and put it into Google Photos, like scan it in. You can do all sorts of different things. And Google Photos will basically take two different shots where it's like, you know, I'm looking to my right here and now another photo of me looking to my left. And it will animate the difference between and show my head going left and right. And it's it's crazy to see some of the examples that they're showing. Oh my goodness. Speaking of Google, she's talking to me right now. Uh, so that was pretty crazy to see. them. They're working on a lot of stuff like that. They're working on the ability to have more and more natural conversations um, with AI to to help with uh, just all of, all sorts of different things, things that they could institute into 
search um, into the way that you like, whether you type search, whether you voice it, like the example they showed was, you know, Hey Google, show me the scene in the movie where, gosh, I got to stop saying that because it's going to, it keeps activating my phone. Sure. Yeah. Um, where show me the scene in the movie where the lion roars, you know, at sunset. And then it, it scrolls to that point inside of the movie you're watching. If Whoa. you're, yeah, like that's the type of stuff that they're working on and doing across some of the, the ecosystem stuff that they've built out, which was, I thought it was pretty crazy. And it's just amazing how they're getting into, like how the depth of sort of the AI and machine learning they're getting into and the applications of it. And some of them are just to solve normal problems. So like we had, a, I don't know, one of the Pixel phones years ago made the whole, changed the whole way phones do photography, right? Like all the phones now do some form of like, <clears throat> major post-processing AI on, on all of the photos, unless you do one of the like raw modes, right? Like they have this way that they do processing on photos, but all of them have, have had issues with people of color and skin, different skin tones being represented accurately within, within them. They just, I guess they didn't take the right samples or whatever it is. I mean, it takes actual artists in order to help create the algorithms that are used to enhance the photos you take on your phone. And so uh, Google is, spending a significant amount of time this year and updating their camera technology to be able to be more inclusive of, of different skin tones and people of color to be a lot more accurate. And they showed a bunch of examples of the before and after. And, I, and obviously I, I'm, I'm not a person of color, so I don't see a lot of the issues that, that it has, but like seeing them side by side was dramatic. So seeing a lot of work done in photos and AI and being able to interact with voice text, pictures, et cetera, different, different ways to search for things that they're able to do or to create different timelines, which was, it was just very, very cool to see all the work they're doing in this space. The event had a lot of these events. Usually I'm not going to say they suck because that's taking it too far, but I'm usually, I don't know the Google IO stuff. Very rarely does it have anything in it that really is that interesting. Like they're redesigning Android, it's the biggest visual redesign since 2014 is what they call it, which is pretty cool. They added a whole bunch of privacy stuff, probably because they feel like they have to after Apple did a bunch of privacy stuff. Um, it, it's not the ad tracking things, although they did comment on it. They said they're looking at ways to uh, you know, try and make it to where privacy and the advertising business are not you know, mutually exclusive. And so they said they're looking into that and look look to more on that later, uh, which is not surprising to me because of their their idea of trying to institute flocks uh, with and get rid of cookies inside of Chrome. But the privacy features they mentioned are like they're sandboxing all of the AI actions that take place on your phone, so they're mm -hmm. they're not accessible anywhere. They don't they don't ever leave your phone. Like they're just they're just on your phone. They're not collected. They get deleted, et cetera. Like they're sandboxing that space and they're adding. This is a a very Linuxy thing of them to do, um, which is they they have disable toggles for camera and microphone inside of the quick settings for Android. Um, neither one of you use Android, but quick settings and notifications yeah. are like major things within Android. Like that's how you manage your phone. It's like that's like you know people who use Apple. I guess we have something similar with no, we have yeah. something similar in the iOS. <laughs> But my point I was going to make is people with Apple struggle to move to Android oftentimes because of iMessage. People with Android struggle to move to iOS oftentimes due to the way that like notifications are managed and the quick settings yeah. are managed. Like it's a very big thing in Android. Yeah. And no, so I know what you mean. They're, they're to... adding them here. That's cool. Um, to That's be able to, to toggle them on and off, which I, I did think was interesting. They have indicators that show if they're on or off, they now have global settings to disable camera and microphone access from every app if you want to. That's actually really cool. So this is the this is the whole thing where for anyone who hasn't been on Android, where you would like swipe from the top. I don't know if it's from the top still or whatever, but you would swipe and you would like turn off Bluetooth, right? Or turn off Wi-Fi or put in airplane right. mode or turn on your flashlight or whatever. Yeah. Now it's disable microphone and disable video. That's cool. They have they have a million things in there now. And it also sort of depends on which 
here's sort of the default Android stuff. And then there's whatever Samsung decides to do or OnePlus decides to do. They they all have a million different things. I mean, Samsung, I think you can adjust like 30 different settings from there mm-hmm. if you if you want to. Wow. Um, so it's there's a lot. So it's it's a it's a pretty interesting shift. The theming thing is the most interesting thing that I think they're doing with Android. Uh, they're making it to where Android's always been about customization, being able to customize uh-huh. and make it the way you want it. They have this sort of auto theming thing to where when you put a background on, it will adjust a lot of the ways that your phone looks from color tones to icons and things to sort of match the characteristics of your background. And uh, it's just, it's, they've had things like that for a while to be able to like, you put a background on and then it sort of just changes the the background color tone of your, the shades, the notification shade or um, the app drawer, whatever it might be. Uh, but they now have it to where it's like, okay, instead of just light or dark or, you know, a shade of a color, it's like all different aspects of the operating system. So they're calling it, oh gosh, I don't know what they're calling it. It's like material U. Material is the design language that they call Android. U is Y-O-U. So it's meant to be like your specific design language because of the, the selections you make. So that was a very interesting take, I thought, on a way to do theming and customization in Android. I, candidly, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I can disable it <laughs> uh, because I, I tend to keep my stuff relatively plain, but I, I'm sure a lot of people will, will really like it. Gotcha, man. Hey, let's talk about a few of these other things before we have to shut down real quick. Um, Project Starline looks pretty interesting, right? It shows, uh, shows somebody sitting in front of, um, a, it looks like a mirror but they're video chatting with somebody who's being projected in 3D. Yep. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Depth sensors. Yeah. I I, I like the way they have it on their blog. So it says, imagine looking through a a sort of magic window and through that window, you see another person life-size and in three dimensions, you can talk naturally, gesture and make eye contact. So it's kind of improving upon the 2D video chat that, that we have right now, where they actually do like a 3D map of of, of yourself and then they compress that and they send that to the other person so it looks like you know we have the same uh you know it, we're, we're the same size it basically looks like we're just sitting across the room from each other is what they're they're yeah. trying to, to work on this it's kind of like cisco's telepresence but better right if, if any of y'all have ever been in a telepresence room it's a specific room that's designed yep. on both sides the walls are the same color you're sitting at the same desk looking thing to where it looks like you're sitting in a circle almost. And you have these monitors that spread across. Usually it's three of them. I don't know that I've seen it any different than just three and the chairs are the same on both sides. And so it actually looks like you're sitting at a desk, but this looks like another level of that where the person is in 3d, yeah. which it's interesting to think about. Cause it looks like all this stuff is below you, but you're making eye contact with the person. I guess it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to think that, but I've seen some, um, some AI work on this where you don't actually have to even be looking at the camera, but the camera can then turn you and make it look like you're looking into the camera. They showed a video, um, a video of how it worked and it was, well, I, I saw the condensed version of it. Right. And it just looked incredibly cool. Like the tech they described, I mean, a lot of what this event, was from what I could tell there's product announcements, version announcements, stuff like that. But a lot of it was like, here's all of this stuff that we're doing research on and looking to build. And here are the results that we're going for. That was one of those types of things is they even stated they're like, this is in very early research and development, but this is sort of where we've gotten to whenever they were describing the uh, sort of the, the 3d projected modeling or project uh, Starline. So it was, it was pretty crazy to, to kind of see how that stuff was working. I mean, it's for better or worse, all in on AI is, is basically if, if I were to pick a theme from the event, whether it was phone, whether it was other, you know, app services, or maybe even their new watch that they announced sort of in line with Samsung, um, that, uh, it, it was, it seemed to be all about AI. And speaking of modeling, Daniel has changed dramatically, people. Daniel just joined via VR. This is... He's in space. Crazy looking. Uh, You're muted, though. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I was just switching switching my mic. 
So I've switched to within within what? the vSpatial app and I'm now sharing uh, an avatar to to our Zoom meeting that is instead not of what my actual like. video feed. Well, this this person looks much more sophisticated. <laughs> I must say so myself. I'm I'm amazed. That is so what is are you going to share? I'll share a screenshot of this. Uh, yeah. Will you take a screenshot of your side? I'm curious what this looks like. Yeah. Let me. What a seamless transition too. I yeah, that was that was crazy. Daniel. Oh, thank you. Literally went from seeing Daniel in real life to seeing Daniel in digital space. Daniel meaning his his avatar. And I will tell you, so Daniel, you and I discussed this, by the way, uh, whenever yep. you were, we were going through some of the different features. I don't think I envisioned it the way I'm looking at it now. And so I want to describe <laughs> it for yeah. people. I thought that you were saying, whoa. What? Here, right, I'll, now, I'll, I'll take a screenshot of it this way. Now you're in space. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. You Wait saying. a minute. So like, okay. It's definitely not like I expected it. Uh, so the way I thought this was going to happen was you were going to put on the VR headset, you were going to join Zoom, and then it was going to kind of put up your, you know, your default Zoom profile picture. What I did not expect was for it to project <laughs> the like V spatial room that you're in. So like yeah. we, you're going to see a screenshot of this. We can physically see see Daniel moving himself and his hands around and manipulating his space inside of VR. He was able to show us the screens, which he's, he's got a screenshot of. That is way different than I expected. I holistically <laughs> thought it was just going to be like a, a picture of, of Daniel with his Zoom profile, like you do when someone doesn't turn on their camera. That's what I thought it was going to show. Uh, I was very wrong. <laughs> this is cool. So it's yeah, like so... you made a, y'all made a digital camera effectively or a camera inside of your workspace that is that, that Zoom is identifying and projecting out. Is that what happened here? It has to be. Did we lose him? I don't uh, know. We may have lost him. I got to go. I got to jump to another call. Shut, shut, shut the show down. Let's okay. Go. All right. Well, okay. You're, you're, yeah, you're sorry, cutting we out. So we got we to gotta jump. We got to go. So <laughs> that'll do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. I almost said the V Spatial Podcast because I'm staring at V Spatial. It is the Tech Breakfast <laughs> Podcast. That's right. Uh, if, if you haven't checked out V Spatial, please go do. Check them out on Twitter, on their website. It's pretty awesome. I'm sure reach out to Daniel if you want to get the hookup on trying out any of this stuff. Uh, but in, otherwise, right. thank you for listening. Share it, share it out. Like the show. Give us feedback. And we'll catch you all next time. Later. Cool. Cool.